Happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another super informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today, we get to explore the expansions to the Catalyst 8000 family and the Cisco Cellular Gateway. And here to give us, or to, here to help us drive this conversation, our amazing Cisco Champion hosts and a top-notch Cisco expert. All right, so let's get started with a short round of introductions. Corelli, we'll start with you. Can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Yes, thank you, Emily. My name is Corelli Shankar. I'm a leader in technical marketing. When I started with Cisco in 2006, August, I've almost been here 15 years now. I started out as a tech engineer, did that for about six and a half years supporting our security products, ASAs, FWSMs, and uh, security on routers and CSM and the whole nine yards. I took a technical marketing engineer role. I did that for about five and a half years. And now I lead the team of technical marketing engineers that I used to be part of. Wonderful. All right, Dan, you're up next. Who are you? Hi guys, uh, Dan Sheldon. I'm a senior consulting systems engineer here with uh, Worldwide Technology or WWT. Uh, been with the company a little over four years and focus mostly on networking and security technologies for kind of Fortune 100s out of New England. Great. David, tell us about yourself. Hello, everybody. I'm David Penalosa. I work as a consulting engineer for Verizon, SD1 all over the place, virtualization, and a bunch of other juicy things. Should we say the Twitter handle as well? You can, yes, absolutely. David Samuel PS on Twitter. All right. Rodrigo, you're up next. Hello, everyone. So uh, I'm Eric Rodrigo, and they work in Cincinnati. It's a, a Cisco partner in Brazil. And now uh, I'm working as a sales engineer here. And uh, my, my basic focus here is uh, to work like David on the SD1 perspective and sometimes on the security project. So if you can uh, follow me on the Twitter, it's a RA underlining 21. Great. Hey, Dan, what about your Twitter user? Oh, a uh, fun one. I just joined Twitter. I'm at Sheldon Climbs. <laughs> so uh, I'm found on top of mountains on occasion. So uh, follow me for so fun <laughs> climbing yes. education. Dan, Dan is another uh, Twitter recruit we did this month. So we have a quota every month to get more of our champions on Twitter. I'm, I'm kidding. That's a joke that we'll probably edit out. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm the only dinosaur that, that nobody uh, that You're not the only one. Tweets. You're the youngest dinosaur, I'd have to say. <laughs> that, that isn't on Twitter. Wait, how old do you have to be to be a dinosaur? I, I don't I'm not going to even say that. <laughs> You're not setting me up. All right, Corelli, uh, kicking it back to you. Can you give us an introduction on what we're talking about today? We are talking about the Catalyst 8000 platforms family. We launched this in two different phases. The first one we launched on October 20th last year. And the platforms that we included in that launch were... The Catalyst 8500 series, two models in that with excellent port capacity, 140 gig port capacity, one RU form factor. The next one 
is the 8300 series. This one included four different models, two 1RU and two 2RUs, and these support about 70 plus modules that the ISR 4K used to support. And we also launched a cellular gateway. This was the 418 model, CG-418, which is our 4G category 18 model. And uh, those support 1.2 gigs download and 150 megs upload. Now, this January 26th, we did a phase two launch and we added a couple of more platforms to our series. First is the 8500L. Compared to the previous 8500 series, this was an Intel-based platform, x86. The others that we launched in October, they worked with our latest and greatest QFP 3.0 innovation. Now, in addition to this 8500L, we also launched the 8200, which is the evolution of ISR 4331 and also Catalyst 8200UCPE. This is the evolution of the ENCS 5500. What this UCPE platform does for us is runs an NFPIS hypervisor and you can spin different VNFs for customer needs. Not just Cisco VNF, it could be any other VNF that uh, the customer would like to spin up. Could be a Palo Alto firewall, could be a checkpoint firewall, could be a VWLC, a wireless LAN controller from our own um, Cisco virtual machine. In addition to these platforms, we introduced one more cellular gateway devices, and this one is CG-522. This one is a 5G sub-6 cellular gateway device that we introduced in January. Um, this is um, category 20 5G sub-6, and we're building on our cellular gateway portfolio as well. In addition to all of this, we also brought in ISR 1100X 4G and 6G. This is an expansion of the ISR 1100 that we had launched in October of 2019 that ran only the Viptela OS. What we're doing today is introducing this 1100X, X indicating that it will support 8 gigs of DRAM that will run both Viptela OS as well as iOS XE in the controller-enabled mode that will be capable of running the entire security stack for us. So that captures both phase one as well as phase two launches for us. Okay, that was a lot of juicy stuff. And I'm actually <laughs> curious because of all these good numbers and, well, we have this... Uh, all these modules and pluggable things not that sounds interesting but the first thing i want to do and i'm pretty sure that everybody wants to know this I i'll first address the elephant in the room why catalyst because i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one wondering but why i know this is the question that pops up almost instantaneously when we start talking about the catalyst 8000 family <laughs> I'll give you the reason. In 2017, our switching team introduced the Catalyst 9000 family switches. 
And switches have traditionally been called Catalyst. And you all know it's an extremely successful brand. And as part of our IBNG, which is intent-based networking group, this ran the same operating system that the routers and wireless devices did. And it was supported in the DNA center, used the same licensing. So we wanted to bring that same brand into our wireless pin as well. Now we introduced the 9800 wireless LAN controllers. Now enterprise business unit, that is what we used to be called. Now we're being called as the intent-based networking group. Routing, switching, and wireless, all three are part of this business unit. Now we're bringing the successful Catalyst brand into the wireless pen as well. Hence the name Catalyst 8000 edge platforms family <laughs> so that i mean that's perfect uh one of the things that you know particularly interesting to my customers today is that um during the kind of transition from you know uh traditional v edge you know v edge 100s uh 1000s 2000s etc uh starting to move towards kind of the c edge and utilizing sd-wan functionality on the isr asr routers um the one thing that we noticed a lot was when we started enabling these features, the actual throughput uh, that was, you know, capable under VIP Telecode was, uh, you know, fraction, maybe a tenth of, of what it was capable without uh, these, you know, additional security features and crypto features. Um, one of the things that was probably the, the nicest surprise that we noticed about this new series is the throughputs are, I would say, two to three times what their predecessors were. Uh, and, you know, so moving from like an ASR 1002HX uh, to like the new Catalyst 8500s, um, we're seeing, you know, three times the throughput for the same price. Um, was that intentional? And, and if so, um, what did you have to do kind of from the backplane or technical standpoint to enable that type of throughput on the new platform? Yes, it is intentional because we listen to our customers and partners. They asked us to build a one RU platform with a ton of power, ton of throughput, excellent port capacity for specific co-location use cases. Just imagine these one RU platforms racked up in a 42 RU rack unit. This is going to provide a ton of throughput and excellent port capacity. And how did we achieve this? It's because of our QFP 3.0 innovation. Prior to this, the crypto functionality was done outside of this QFP. So we had to unpack it out of the data plane to get to the crypto engine to encrypt or decrypt as needed. Now, both those functions are done in the same space. So we save a lot of that. And we have published a white paper as well as architecture deep dive on Cisco communities. You could uh, Google search on Catalyst 8500 architecture deep dive, you will find excellent documents that you can read up. So that's where it comes. And with all of these asks, our customers said, keep the price the same as well or lower, and which is exactly what we have done in all of these platforms that we've launched, not just the 8500, also on the 8300 as well as the 8200. Much appreciated. Thank you. You're welcome. That's fun. I believe that the, the, those performances, it's, uh, it's the same that you mentioned, not the uh, routers anymore. So 
uh, all the time is uh, mentioned about edge devices because you 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 need more than routing for example uh, that you mentioned so uh, the increase the bandwidth and the increase the traffic and uh, and so on so what's uh, what's your or idea to to increase those those bandwidth or those capabilities on the on the edge devices now <laughs> Yes, edge devices. We're calling these platforms now for a very good reason. These are not just doing the routing functionality. You talk about the uh, NIM modules as well as SM modules, multiple NIM modules that they support, as well as the SM modules, the UCSC M3 blades. And these are bare bones uh, server blades that you can insert on the 8300s. Now, that isn't a function of a router, right? So we do service and you can install any hypervisor and spin up any virtual machine over this hypervisor that can run within the router. Not just that, with this launch, we also brought in another innovation on the 8300s, which is the dynamic core allocation. The 12 core and the eight core platforms now, you can separate out if you want to run in data plane heavy mode. If you need, just a sports car, just to do the speed, you could allocate all of the available cores to the data plane and make it just like a sports car. But you could also take those cores and give it to the service plane and run on-prem services such as IPS, URL filtering, AMP and threat grid on top of the stateful firewall that's application aware, as well as the DNS packet redirection, those are just the data plane features. But these three that I mentioned, IPS, URL filtering, and pen thread grid, in addition to TLS proxy, you could run that within the router's container. So this isn't just doing the job of just a router. It does so many things besides just basic routing. So we just need to call these edge platforms and we also have the capability to uh, get an IPsec IQV2 tunnel all the way to our umbrella, Cisco umbrella, which is SIG, Secure Internet Gateway, and have the security features on these packets as a cloud solution as well. So if you want on-prem, we have these service plane cores for you. If you need cloud security, we have SIG for you. So just coming back, I, I want to just go over another of the, the terms that is important here, because evidently we are not calling the routers anymore. And, and the, the reason is clear. How do we then drive all this uh, interpretation of the new name and, and the capabilities to to this term that everybody loves and and, and, and and in networking, which is being, you know, which is sassy. So how sassy can you be with SD-WAN really? <laughs> yes, you can be sassy. Certain verticals <laughs> ask us um, for this particular feature. Maybe the enterprise branches, they do not have personnel who are security savvy to monitor the on-prem security features. In those cases, we need sassy. So we got to be sassy with SD-WAN. So that is the industry sassy is secure access service edge. Now, our sassy version is 
umbrella SIG, Secure Internet Gateway. So for those customers who may have a thin CPE at the branch end, or maybe devices that do not support on-prem security features that they intend to use, their option is to take the traffic via an IPsec IPv2 tunnel all the way to our umbrella cloud and deliver all of the security features there. We could do the cloud-delivered firewall on Cisco Umbrella, secure web gateway, the um, CASB services, which provides shadow IT, and AMP and ThreadGrid, in addition to SecureX for visibility. Imagine that uh, even remotely, Cisco is bringing this sassiness. Exactly. <laughs> and all of these platforms that, that we launched support SD-WAN from day one. And on our 8200 UCP, I have to mention, these run our 8000V Edge software. Prior to this, you may be familiar with our CSR1000V. Now, we're consolidating all of that. Prior to 17.1 and below, what we had was we had to maintain two different versions of operating system on CCO. One is for traditional iOS XE, and the other one was XE-SD-WAN. Not to mention a CSR1000V image and an ISR-V image for our ENCS platforms. What we did is consolidate all of that. Now, the CSR1000V, the last version for that is 17.3. And going forward, the 8200 UCPE or in the cloud Azure GCP, or AWS, we will be able to spin up a 8000V Edge software. And we've combined the iOS XE traditional and the XCSD1 image into one image called, we call it the single image starting 17.2.1 and above. It's just one image, one command, and you can switch the mode that you boot into, whether you want the controller enabled mode, which is the SD-WAN mode, or the disable the controller controller enable mode, which will be the traditional iOS XE mode. That's autonomous road mode, right? Correct. Really? That's the autonomous mode. So one other thought struck me when you know, kind of when we were talking about how this is no longer a router; it's a it's an edge device, correct? Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily define it as a WAN edge device. So one thing that um, you know definitely near and dear to a lot of my customers' hearts is uh, software defined access. So within kind of like the SDA, DNA center, ICE, uh, you know, fabric that's created within that, um, we have been using uh, ASR routers historically as a really strong border node for security enforcement, uh, threat mitigation, all of those components. Do the Catalyst, you know, 8500s or 8300s fit into that, you know, role that historically the ASR has been utilizing? Yes, absolutely. There is 99.99% uh, feature parity between what the ASR 1000 uh, does um, to the, what the 8500 CDs um, does currently. As the same goes with uh, what the 8300 and the 8200 are um, augmenting, which is the ISR 4400 and 4300. More specifically, the 4451 and the 4331. 
for those two platforms. Don't we have some degree of integration right now between SD and SD1? I do believe that you can integrate them using a fusion router, don't you? Um, yes, the it is a work in progress. Yes, uh, there is work, significant work being done. And um, if you could uh, reach out to me offline, I could connect you with the experts uh, that work on this uh, SDA, SD-WAN integration project. The team that I lead, we focus on the routing platforms, all things routing, both physical as well as virtual, and all of the technologies that run on these. Um, so there mm -hmm. are different products, different TMEs mm -hmm. are responsible for each of these. Mm -hmm. If you would go to our Cisco communities and look for sessions, our 8500 series TME is uh, Samanth Mali. He has presented countless sessions. We've done so many webinars, probably reached out to about 7,000 to 8,000 attendees since we launched in October via webinars and Cisco communities events, oh, wow. voice of the engineer partner sessions. Yes. And that we've done just being in the lockdown mode that we're in now. But just imagine if travel was open, it would have, we would have traveled and done multiple road shows. And 8300 uh, TME is Shamil Omar, and he has run multiple sessions as well. You can search on LinkedIn, Cisco Communities, just Google search. And uh, 8500 LTME is David Roten. He's also the TME for Cellular Gateways. He's done multiple deep dives on the topics as well. 8200 UCP TME is uh, Ramesh Kalimuthu. And our 1100X4G6G TME is Prakash Kilalani. So all of them are part of our team. And since I lead the team and I'm supposed to know all of these platforms, what they bring to our customers and partners, and we're very, very passionate about that. Just imagine launching an entire series of platforms during the pandemic. Wow, <laughs> it's amazing. See, I didn't, I didn't come to the podcast believing that I would have the names of all the people I can pester online. So now <laughs> let me just make a list here. So whom should I go to? Right, Rodrigo? <laughs> Run them on LinkedIn. They are very, very passionate about the platforms that they own. You ping them any time of the day, they'll be so excited to jump up and talk about the products that they own. I will take that word. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So that uh, that the continues uh, uh, about uh, you mentioned on the, the 4G and 5G on the beginning. And uh, then uh, in this situation, uh, uh, we expand the connectivity and they get more more facilities for the customers. So uh, based on the Cisco Catalyst Cellular Gateway, uh, do you have to 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 add uh, something or to 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 give some some tips or something like that about this? Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. The cellular gateway, it was in the works for many years. And the biggest problem that it solves is this. Imagine a data center, which is isolated in a secluded area with metal around it and with racks and racks of equipment. And 
this specific router with an embedded LTE module is on the very bottom of the rack where there's barely any signal. You pull up your phone today, depending on where you are in the house, you may have one or two bars or no bar at all. So in those situations where the location is cellular signal impaired location, that's where the cellular gateway comes in handy. What you can do is take this far away from the router, place it by the window or wherever you get good LTE signal and connect the device to the router using an ethernet cable. It just follows all the ethernet length limitation and you can put it wherever you get good signal. The job of the cellular gateway device is to talk to the provider and grab an IP address and pass it on to the router's WAN interface that is DHCP capable. That's it. Now your router's WAN interface has an IP address and you can start configuring all the beautiful features that you've always configured on the router without this cellular signal impaired location where the router is. So it's like a cellular modem built in that's just handing off Ethernet. Correct, exactly. It's just acting as a pass-through device. You just mentioned DHCP, so does that mean that then we can just bundle it up with ZTP if you put it in the right interface and all that magic sauce happening in the background? Uh, What was that? I didn't catch that. C... ZTP is zero touch provisioning. If oh, have yes, one device and we just plug it there and then imagine uh, that you just absolutely. have yeah, yes. ticket to freedom. See? Yes, the management piece. Let me explain how you could manage the cellular gateway. Now, because of DSCP, you could pack one of these in your backpack when travel opens. You can be in a six hour, eight hour layover airport and pop this out and connect this to your laptop and do whatever internet comes with you so it is a dhcp capable interface and you get an ip address and you're on your way to the internet and you can browse now management piece when it comes to sdwan this is capable of zero touch provisioning so rpnp will recognize a cellular gateway you can choose the serial number and tell it which b-bond ip address it needs to reach out to and it does that magic beautifully and onboards on to your sdn fabric now the question that the ask that came from our service providers is that these units are tethered to our routers now sometimes it happens that one provider manages all the routers and another provider manages all the cellular gateways. Is that possible? The 400 cellular gateways that are tethered to 400 routers be managed by a separate B-Manage. Yes, that is possible. You can manage the routers using a separate B-Manage and the cellular gateways that are connected to them managed by a completely separate B-Manage. If you so you can have a multi-tenancy V-Manage and having both of them. Oh, yes, absolutely. If you choose vManage to manage both of them, you could do that too. And if you don't have SD-WAN, what do you do for management? The OnBox web UI that comes with our iOS XE that you use to configure the router, you can use that to configure and monitor, manage the cellular gateway device as well. Oh, this sounds so juicy. Imagine I can <laughs> tell the guy on site, hey, just go and plug the router. 
And do I need to do anything else? No, just plug it. And then he just... And then all works. Oh, God. It's almost like magic. Well, the thing, the thing that excites me is... Uh, so say you could fit one of these in like a hiking backpack. Yes. And anywhere oh, with the cell no, signal, here he comes. technically you could have <laughs> cell signal no. while you're... Yeah, he's right. like, where are you? You don't want to know. So if I was, you know, say hiking through like Tanzania or something, all I would have to do is have a, a cellular gateway in my backpack and we'd be we'd be podcasting, you know, on the go. Yes, absolutely. Yes, you can certainly do that. I love it. I love it. So um, this kind of brought up a question. I, I was on a call earlier today with a pretty large financial institute and they had a question around their small branches. So they have, you know, say it's just a single ATM in a in a shopping center or something like that. Normally, it'll have a network stack within that ATM, although it doesn't look like it. Um, their question was they needed something that was SD-WAN, a, a platform that was SD-WAN capable, but can also do the .1x security that historically the ISR 1100 has not supported. Um, so they were, you know, they had questions about what would be the right platform to support that specific use case. Um, is that the ISR 1100X that you mentioned? I would say an 8200 platform where you can pop in an 8-port switch module. These ports should support .1X authentication. The UCP also supports a NIM module, which will support 8300 does too, but I believe for the uh, situation that you're talking about, that may be an overkill. But yeah. Eighty-two hundred or eighty-two hundred UCP will work perfectly there. Perfect. Small branch in a box is is uh, easily yes. deployable with the ZTP. You've got your cellular backup via the uh, gateway. I mean, that, that's, oh man, you're gonna be unstoppable. That sounds so nice. That sounds See, so the, good. The SD one nomad. Yes. He just comes and plugs his router, and everything works. <laughs> the the minute we talk about uh, the cellular gateway, what I get asked about all the time is, is this ruggedized? Yes, the IoTBU is uh, working on that. The uh, that uh, falls under them, and uh, they are working on it. So hopefully, we'll get one. And so you have a ruggedized version. Yes, and they want that, and uh, they also ask us, "Can we can we get Wi-Fi six with this?" Uh, so that's also another ask <laughs> that we keep hearing. Imagine you can use it as a self-defense weapon. Like I have a router, and I'm not gonna dive in and using it. You know, like. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, park services, <laughs> oil industries where wired WAN interface is not a possibility is um, is very, very excited to see this silly light gateway module. Yeah, we have that quite a lot in our heavy OT environments. So everything from oil, gas, uh, train, um, kind of those components. That was one of the questions I was going to ask, but I wasn't sure if there was any roadmap for it. It wasn't actual external uh, cellular gateway because you know when you say get it out of the closet get it out of the basement and put it up next to a window the, the next logical step is outside the window you know whether exactly it's yes antenna yes. or what have you but uh, so outside that makes... the building is, is the primary ask that we get <laughs> that's Perfect. the same that you... then mentioned so for me it's so exciting because uh, sometimes you 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 have the the dongle that you need to connect via usb so yes. if you can connect by internet, so that's that's fantastic because you can extend the the, the yes. cellular gate and and so on. For me, it's the same for the financial, the ATM here, and the so that's that's amazing. 
The only requirement that we ask is that there be a specific VLAN where the cellular gateway and the router's WAN interface are the only two on that VLAN. Otherwise, if you connect laptops and stuff, and maybe the other devices will also be enabled for DSCP and they may grab that IP address. So it's important to just put these two interfaces in a separate VLAN that is not used by other devices. I have been hearing about cellular, cellular, and I think there is another huge elephant we need to address in the room is this massive boon of 5G because 4G was never enough. We need more video, more speed, more throughput, and all this. Again, juicy things to use and play with. So what about 5G? How is Cisco really surfing the 5G wave now that everything should be 5G enabled? Yes, we are working towards that. Um, this module, the cattle, the CG522, is our 5G sub-6 cellular gateway, which is the category 20, and it provides 3.3 gigs of download speed and about 400 megs of upload speed. I wouldn't have thought of this throughput five, six years ago. Did you? And yeah, the forecast or going forward in the future, we're even thinking that this will be used as the primary WAN device to take us out to the internet. Today, people use wired Ethernet, right, in homes for remote workforce solution. Most of it is based on Ethernet. And for enterprise customers, their primary WAN interface is Ethernet. For redundancy, they use um, cellular mechanism. But now, going forward in the future, this is going to be the primary internet connectivity for homes, for enterprises, for areas where wired WAN is um, not a possibility. Park services, mostly are our customers who ask for that. Given the spectrum and the and the density of the waves in 5G, it actually goes through through walls and metals and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be also a fantastic use case at some point in the future, I do believe, for maybe a campus network. You can just have a, a huge 5G network and then just put everything on the same place. So exactly. it, it sounds more interesting the more we just... Mm-hmm. dive into it the millimeter way that is going to come out maybe end of march or july time frame and that cannot or isn't as good in penetrating walls and wood and such but majority of the people seem to think that that could be a drawback that the signals don't penetrate but think about a huge campus like you talked about in a huge enclosure, enclosed area where we need this implemented, this may actually be a strength, one of those security measures that these signals are not going to penetrate and go to the other side. It is all contained in one enclosed area. I can't wait for that. No, I think you can mitigate a lot of the um, performance issues with that with like a, a distributed antenna system, an IDAS or an ODAS, so you can very specifically prescribe which areas you want to have coverage versus not. 
just by based yep. on wall material, location of antennas, etc. Exactly. Oh man, I'm just so impatient to see more things coming our way. <laughs> I know. It's good to be a tech geek this year, isn't it? All right. Well, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you out there for listening in today. And obviously, a very special thank you to our guest and Cisco Champions for being a part of today's episode. Again, if you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit make sure to hit or softly click on that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. See you next Monday.